0: Welcome back to Sage May Speaks. I am Sage May. Our guest this week is an award-winning actor and director. You'd recognize him from shows such as Riverdale, Narcos, Claws, NCIS, and so many more. He was born in Canada, but he now goes back and forth between Vancouver and LA, so he's cornered both of these markets. On top of it all, he speaks three languages. He is a badass. Please welcome Juan Readinger. <laughs> Hey Juan, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Sage.
0: Of course. I'm so excited to chat with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: How's it been for you uh, during COVID with the acting and stuff?
1: It definitely started out strange. I mean, like for everybody, it's just thing, things came to a screeching halt and uh, it was actually really hard to imagine how the industry would come back in, in an environment like this. And I I was down in LA when it hit. My family and I kind of just packed up and retreated back to Canada where we kind of, we split our time usually between LA and Canada and Canada just felt like a better option for us at the time. And so we we came up and we kind of hunkered down with with some family and and, uh, yeah, it was definitely a few months, many months of, uh, yeah, just kind of survival mode and uh, not really knowing what was next. Um, but now the the industry, especially up here in Canada, seems to have really bounced back. And what I've heard is actually it's busier right now than it was pre-COVID, which is really hard to imagine.
0: Wow, that's great.
1: Yeah, I'm super grateful about that. And I've, yeah, I, I've been working uh, on a series up here called Motherland, Fort Salem. And so that's, that's been keeping me busy for the last couple of months and uh that's it's it's in its second season that's on freeform and so yeah i don't know when the new season is is dropping but that's that's kind of what's been keeping me busy
0: that's so cool are they doing all the crazy covid precautions up there too
1: yeah absolutely actually i've heard motherland is was ranked the safest set in bc or or vancouver um they're they're doing, doing a really good job about that and uh yeah it's just like a couple of covid tests a week and like the social distancing and the masks and the visors and the all of it um just really staying on top of that and even just it's affected how things are written um i mean they, they mask it pretty well but yeah i mean with i probably can't say too much about like storylines and stuff but they, they find ways to sort of incorporate either the distance or the masks themselves. Not necessarily those kinds of masks, but you'll have to watch the season to understand what I'm talking about. But uh, it's, it's really interesting what, how the shows kind of adapt to, uh, to the new uh, way of, of doing things. And now with the vaccine, the vaccine's coming out. Hopefully that'll even steer things in a safer direction. Oh,
0: man, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Can you walk us through like a day on set during COVID?
1: sure well the way at least this show works is you have to test three days before they have like a cycle a testing cycle so it's usually 72 hours i think is what you uh you need to test within that time frame and that's not only for going to set but that's also for going to fittings or what for whatever reason you have to go and and be at the studio or interact with somebody from the show um so so you have that and then usually when you show up on set if it's been three days, you test that day as well, and um, yeah, you just you, you do the test, and the tests aren't actually that intrusive. I know when when COVID first started, you hear these stories about people jamming something up like Open right into your brain, right into yeah. your brain, right. <laughs> yeah. It's I've never experienced that. I've probably been tested. I mean, my guess is like close to thirty times um, since all this started, and it's never been like that. I've been lucky actually because it's 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 fairly low key. They, it's just more tickles than anything. They just either do a a throat swab or something in your nostril. And so you do that and they have, the production is divided into different um, zones. So if I think for cast and like above the line crew, like directors and DOPs, things like that, you're like a certain, you're designated to a certain area and you're not supposed to intermingle with other zones. And, and then, people that work in the office for example they they're in a different zone and so they, that's another way that they sort of maintain um separation and there's not too much co-mingling happening um yeah there's probably more stuff but yeah it's just they're they're just really on top of uh and just being you just sense the the general consciousness uh That's great from from the cast and crew yeah like people just sort just they just maintain their distance they are respectful i mean everybody's wearing a mask unless you you're on camera in which case You might have to take it off but um yeah it's uh you just it's surprising how quickly people adapt to it it because it's definitely different than how it used to be but now it's kind of just feels like the normal way of doing things
0: so how many sets have you been on like during this time
1: i've been on i guess in terms of productions the main ones i guess would have been this one motherland and then i did an another episode of ncis yeah uh, down in, and that was, that was down in Los Angeles. So that, I actually went down for that. And when I came back home, I had to quarantine for two weeks. Like I couldn't even, like I was completely like in my own space and it was kind of, kind of a bizarre situation. <laughs>
0: Cause you were in another country, right? It was like from Canada to.
1: Yeah. Canada's pretty strict when, when you come from somewhere else. Good. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. Right. So they. And they check they check up on you too. Like you'll get really? emails. Yeah, you'll get emails from the government. <laughs> wow. And um, I mean, I've heard they they actually will call people up or even sometimes show up at the door. So they're like, they don't mess around. Um, I've heard at least I don't know what it is now, but at one point I think there was like up to like a million dollar fine if you uh, if you were to break your quarantine.
0: That's yeah. insane. Yeah. So Trudeau himself will come down there and be like, Hey.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they take it seriously yeah but down even down in l a like uh n c i s they were really on 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 the ball with the the precautions and and the testing. The only difference I remember was for some reason that the tests I did down there were throat swabs rather than nasal um I guess it's just a different company doing does it differently but um, yeah <laughs>
0: trying to save money in a different way yeah, yeah exactly
1: <laughs> well yeah and it, Trying to save money for sure because it's such a such a cost for productions. Like when you think about all the 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 precautions and how they have to, um, uh, yeah, keep those going. It's it's really a costly thing for productions. So it's um, yeah, I don't know how they're doing it, but somehow they're doing it.
0: (laughs) I heard that they charge as if it's a fitting for tests too. Is that true?
1: Um. Yes. For the most part, I think you. You, you, you will get paid individually for a test unless you unless it, it depends on your contract. Sometimes you'll just you're, you're on a Kind of like an episode rate where you just get it like a flat fee for the entire episode and that kind of includes everything, including COVID tests and fittings and everything. So it just sort of depends what your how your contracts set up.
0: That's awesome. So, speaking of Canada, you were born and raised in Canada. What was it like making the transition between the Canadian market to the American market?
1: Uh, it's uh, yeah, there, there definitely are some differences. Uh, one of which, like in Vancouver, we've got about maybe five, six kind of casting offices. Um, so everybody knows you, and if you burn a bridge with one casting director, it's kind of like you're you're limiting like twenty percent of your opportunities, kind of thing. Like it's like you really, it's really important to uh, maintain that professionalism and stay in people's good books up here. Um, in the U.S., I was blown away by. I, I almost feel like it's it's rare that you'll ever see the same casting director twice. Like you're always going around, and it's like, how are there so many casting directors in this city? <laughs> it's wild. And and actors too, like in Canada, you'll go, you'll show up and, and you'll usually see the same group of people that you're competing against in your category. And then, but then in the States, it's, it's a different thing. It's like, you rarely see the same people. And um, so it just, it's just a much broader spectrum down there. And it just seems like a different animal in that way. Um, And then there's a whole process you have to go through as a Canadian to go get a work visa to to work in the States, which is not actually that easy. So you, there's, there's a lot of, you just got to get a good lawyer on, on your case and, uh, jump through all the hoops and, um, and it's worth it in the end. And you can go, you can get a green card too. And that's another way of doing it. But, um, yeah, no, but generally, I mean, I treat it the same when I, when I'm in the room auditioning, like you just, I've heard different theories. I've, I've heard theories like in Canada, or, or down in the states they really want you to have your sides in your hand your script when when you're um auditioning they don't want it to feel like a performance or anything. like it's it's almost like i've heard that it's can be frowned upon to be like completely off book and just like no sides like you're
0: yeah they but, like when you have sides
1: i see and i've heard that but i i hate having the sides in my hand me i just too. do yeah. I, I see i i i feel like it limits me like it's like it's a you're losing the, the use of one of your hands and um, you almost like start to, you depend on it, having it there um, versus I personally, I, and I won't do it. I, I just, it, it throws me off. And so I never made that adjustment and it's, it I find that it, it never really affected me. Maybe there's some casting directors that that's a big deal for, but I haven't crossed paths with any of those, or at least they haven't mentioned it to me. Um, so yeah, no, I treat, I treat it the same. I treat it, I treat it the same in terms of how I approach the, The audition and then if I get the job how I approach the work you just uh, um, I don't see any major differences in that.
0: So I want to know how you got into acting.
1: Uh, I took uh, I was in university in Calgary doing two degrees one in biology one in English I wasn't because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, At first I wanted to be a veterinarian and then I was like I kind of changed my mind. I was like, maybe I can be an English professor instead. Cause I really liked writing essays and in, in the English courses I was taking. And, but I really had no clue. And then I, in my third year, I took an acting class just because I needed to take like some kind of elective <laughs> and, and it was my first exposure to it in my, ever in my life. And I, I just really immediately fell in love with it. And that summer, I hopped in my car and drove to LA and I was auditioning for like, anything that I could like background work on student films. Like I just wanted to be, I just wanted to be on set and experience that. And this was like, I think it was like 16 years ago. And, uh, and I just, I remember when I was on that trip to LA, I was, I was, I just, one day I was walking down the street. I was like, one day I'm going to, I'm going to live here and I'm going to be pursuing this. And, and I, it just kind of somehow I manifested that. And that's that half my, half my life is, is down there. And I, but at the same time, I really enjoy being up in Canada as well. There's a lot of opportunities up here for actors. Um, I guess one difference I find is in Canada, you can work quite consistently on uh, get some decent parts. But uh, if you go, I've heard this expression, LA is where the, or I guess New York or down in the States, Hollywood is where the the jackpot is, where you can really get that that role that's like a, like a game changer. Like it can shift your career in this whole new direction. And um, and sometimes in Canada, you just don't necessarily get those sort of huge opportunities. Like a lot of the times they they'll cast the Canadian actors in smaller parts kind of, you still get some really cool opportunities up here, but I don't know. It's just not, it doesn't feel like it's where the jackpot is. So that's, that was, that's why I like to diversify and, and like sort of have one, foot in each market because they both kind of give different um, opportunities to actors
0: it's also just like fun to have like two home bases you know like especially if you came from one of them then that's super cool
1: oh exactly and i feel like whenever i'm in one place i always miss the other one like uh when i'm there long enough it's just like but but it it is it it keeps it exciting because when you go to the new spot it's like it's like it ha- you see it through this new lens. It's like you, you kind of missed it and it just offers different things. And it's, it is really nice to have sort of two lives. Um, I have like, I have two wallets. Like I have my American <laughs> wallet and my Canadian wallet and I have uh, two. I mean, I feel like I have two of everything because it's just like, we really just split our lives and it's pretty much before COVID happened. Like it was pretty much 50, 50. Uh, now it's been more like 80 20 Canada but
0: (laughs) it's better than right now
1: (laughs) right now it feels we feel pretty lucky to be up here although that being said like it's not things it hasn't been great lately so I mean I don't think it's great anywhere right now except maybe like Australia I heard they don't have cases.
0: (laughs) Australia's like we're done.
1: (laughs) Yeah exactly. So
0: what was the first audition that you remember like?
1: I I remember I don't know why I remember this. It was on that trip uh, when I when I was sleeping in my car down in LA, and I was using the Backstage West uh, magazine because this was before like smartphones. Uh, when I, I like I said I was sleeping in my car, I was uh, using a hard map to get around the city, and I would use like the internet at the library. Wow. Um, to, to look up auditions and things. And then there's Backstage West, uh, which is a publication that has that lists the auditions. And I found one and I had to go to some college campus somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, but I remember what the audition was for a, an STD commercial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't remember which STD. I, I don't know the specifics on that. but um, I didn't get the part. In looking back, it's probably a good thing. It's probably and, uh, good yeah but I remember it's kind of a cool a funny story just to, as a memory like that was I was where it all started yeah there, I had a bunch of auditions like for little things while I was down there but that that would be the first it's so
0: funny <laughs> I love it yeah I have a few things like that too where I'm like ooh, good thing I didn't get Do- that one <laughs> dodged
1: a bullet yeah exactly but at the time it's like, you want it so badly.
0: Yeah. You're like, you can see yourself on that set. Like this totally. is the one, this is the one. It's yeah. like, thank God that was not the one.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you are a badass in Riverdale. You are awesome, and you beat Archie's ass.
1: (laughs) Well, he got the best of me in the end.
0: Yes, he he did get the best of you, (laughs) but you put up a good fight.
1: Thanks.
0: (laughs) So what was it like coming on to such a massive show five seasons in and having such a pivotal role?
1: That was a really great experience. I, I guess that would have been last year. That i did that i think it, it is a massive show and i don't think i necessarily realized how massive it was um i just kind of approached it like any other job and um what was it was basically me and, and kj appa that were squaring off in, in most of the stuff i mean there were some of the other characters would come into the but really it was just like this head-to-head like showdown that we would have and um ultimately the culmination of that big fight at the end. But, uh, but it's just, yeah, it was just really fun to, to sort of antagonize uh, Archie. And uh, he's a, he's a class act, that guy. He's um, I really enjoyed working with him. He's just super, you'd think that like with that level of of fame and um, that kind of a fan base that it could get to his head, but I feel like it really hasn't. Like he, he's just really a grounded dude and really takes the work, seriously like he he he's very serious about the craft of acting and um so i I just uh yeah it was fun to fun to spar with him yeah both literally and figuratively
0: yeah you guys did not like each other from the beginning
1: (laughs) yeah yeah exactly
0: (laughs) yeah so you are bilingual which is awesome right yeah that's that's oh are you are you trilingual because you're canadian and i know they're very big on french there too
1: well, uh, it's funny. I was never good at French for some reason, which you think is, is odd because I, I'm fluent in Spanish. But I actually am trilingual, but I, my third language is German.
0: Wow. So I speak
1: Spanish and German because my mom's Peruvian and my dad's German. Yeah, German was my first language before I spoke anything else. But sadly, I've lost a lot of it. So I, I definitely understand more than I can speak, but I can, I can still hold my own, I guess, to some degree. But definitely Spanish is I'm stronger in than German. But yeah, it's it's come in handy. Spanish more so. Just I've definitely used it more in my acting. I've had a, a German role here and there. But uh, but yeah, it definitely helps as an actor to be able to uh, to speak different languages. And I have this weird um, obsession with one day I want to try just as like a bucket list item. I want to do like a small part on like a, a Spanish soap opera, like, <laughs> like a full on soap opera. Like I'm talking those ones that you see down in like, like South America. It's uh, I think it'd be really, I I know, I think James Franco did like an arc on, on general Hospital, If I recall, like he did like five episodes or something. I think it'd be so hilarious to, to, to do that. And so I don't know, I'm kind of holding out.
0: That would be awesome. Yeah. Just to be like, yeah, I did that.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that be, might be one of those things that I look back on and be like, why did I do that? Uh, but <laughs> right now, it seems like a good idea. Yeah,
0: I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you were in Narcos and you're like almost all, all of your words are spanish almost which is yes super cool that's awesome because i was watching some of your stuff and like i did not expect that because oh cool (laughs) yeah that was incredible
1: yeah yeah narcos that was one of those game changer uh opportunities that la gave me because i don't think i would have gotten that part from canada i I, it was when i was down there and that's when that opportunity came and again i had no idea how big that show was going to be when when we were shooting it nobody did Cause, 'Cause you're in the first a...
0: like five episodes too, so you, you really didn't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was um yeah, we had no idea. All I knew was and I didn't hear back. Like I, I went in for the audition. I I had to prep the role in English and in Spanish, but then they never had me even do it in Spanish. Oh. And that's interesting. <laughs> um Yeah, and then I just never heard anything and I actually had I was scheduled I went back to Canada and I think a month had passed and then I just get a phone call that blew and and they're like, and my manager's like, so you're you're going to Colombia for two months? And I was what? Like, what? I guess yeah. So I got the part, and before I knew it, I was in Colombia, and we were we we're shooting the show, and it was uh, mind blowing. Like that, I'm gonna hold that one close to my heart for a long forever. It was just such a just such a cool cool experience, and such a special thing to be a part of. Um, just really proud of that show, and just getting to be a, a part of a small part of it. Um, and getting to play a real, a real person, uh, was, was kind of a unique challenge as well. Uh, Carlos later and, and doing the role in Spanish, which, yeah, that was scary. We had, we had a dialect coach cause we had Latino actors from all over. So I'm talking like Spain, Puerto Rico, uh, Brazil and Argentina and Peru and whatever you name it. And everybody had to, was supposed to sound Colombian for the most part. And that's tricky. That's really tricky. And, um, So the dialect coach had a big job on his hands, but uh, that was scary, but extremely rewarding.
0: Speaking of all these exciting roles that you've had, which one's your favorite? And I know this is like a very hard question, but.
1: (laughs) I know you just kind of fall in love with them all. I, um, there's one that's particularly special to me, which is, um, it was a show, a Canadian show called the Romeo section. Um, i I got to play kind of a a lead on the show, which was that was my first time doing something like that. And I, my character's name was Rufus, and I was I, yeah, he was kind of up to no good. Uh, just a really uh, damaged guy that didn't make the smartest decisions. but uh, he was a lot of fun to play, and I got to work with kind of a hero of mine who's his name's Chris haddock. He's the showrunner. And he's made some really cool shows up here in Canada, like Da Vinci's Inquest and Intelligence. And um, he even wrote, I think, an episode of Boardwalk Empire. And he's just this guy, one of these guys that I just, I look up to immensely and and just getting to work so closely with him and, and with that material, because it's like, the writing was just next level and getting to, to say those words and and be in that kind of world that that he created um, was, was really cool. So I got, I got to do two seasons of that. Um, so if you if you haven't had a chance uh, look it up it's it's out there. I don't know where you'd find it right now but uh yeah, yeah it's called the Romeo section.
0: I feel like Canada has so many good shows that I haven't even given a chance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, Canada Canada puts out some I mean the big one right now that's kind of made a splash globally is Shits Creek which uh which is shot in Toronto. I haven't been a part of that one but it's uh yeah, I know that show's uh definitely one, gotten some people's attention i love um, that show oh yeah <laughs>
0: yeah all right so you are with one of the top agencies buckwald is actually one of my dream agencies <laughs> so i'd That's love awesome. to hear how you got signed with them and any advice you have for people seeking representation
1: yeah for sure you're they have an office in new york too i believe they do, right buckwald yes. yeah <laughs> um how did i sign with them? well it was um pretty standard situation where I, I got a, my, I think my through my manager uh, who, who's who's right entertainment. Um, my manager's name is Matt and he uh, helped me coordinate a meeting with them. And we, we just basically sat in a big conference room and with, I can't remember how many there were probably about at least five or six agents from the company. And, um, and then it's just a, uh, it's super stressful i've done i've done those kinds of meetings before and i think the, the the really big key to it is is really just breaking through that and just being yourself I mean it sounds cliche but it, it really is just like they just want to see you and 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 don't make it precious don't 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 put pressure on it just just show them who you are and um and that's what it was it's like i mean of course coming in like they it helps if you have like a, a resume to, to back back you up and uh, that's a nice thing having come from Canada because you can really develop um, a, a solid resume up here before you go to the states I, I know it's 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 definitely tough to um, get get someone reputable without any kind of uh, resume to to show for it um, so I think that I think just working on like I guess that would be a, a, some advice is like Whoever you're with, or I don't know how you get you get those parts, but you just try to try to get some kind of a a resume under your belt before, um, and it might even be just shooting, like getting a friend who's really good with technology and gear and can make a really professional scene and uh, and shoot shoot a little scene, and uh, if if that's what it takes, if you if there's not a lot of work to show, but yeah, it, I think the work can can really do wonders as well. And I think that might've helped me, um, get on the roster with Buckwald. I mean, I, I've been acting for, uh, over 10 years before I signed with Buckwald. So, I mean, I've only been with them for a few years now. It, just to give you a sense of like, it just, it's not something that just like, I'm like, I want to be with Buckwald and I just signed <laughs> with them. It's just like, it's, you, you've you got to put in the time, right? The 10,000 hours. And for me, it's it feels like it's been, it's probably closer to 20,000 hours now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Awesome. So in those 20,000 hours, <sighs> um, did you have a day job at any point?
1: Oh yeah. I've had <laughs> many day jobs and, um, I mean, I've, I waited tables for many years and I actually really enjoyed doing it. And I, to be honest, like I, I would almost like if i'm like i I wouldn't mind i i really like waiting tables because it's just (laughs) like interacting with people you get the tips at the end of the night and you get to usually depending where you work eat a nice meal like it's just a just just a casual kind of environment um different during covid times that's for sure i wouldn't be wanting to wait tables now but um yeah i waited tables i I sold books door to door that was probably the toughest one that i that i did um because i was Working about eighty hours a week for a straight commission, just cold calling people, knocking on doors, trying to sell these educational books for kids, and that was that was a tough one. I got bitten by a dog at oh, one no. point. Oh um, Yeah, it was. Uh, that was rough. Um, I've done construction. Um, I've. Uh, I think those are the main ones that kind of come to mind.
0: Do you still have one, or are you like just acting now?
1: I mean, thankfully, no. I right now it's just pretty much been acting between myself That's and my great. wife. Yeah, it's it's nice. I mean, That's we my
0: goal. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah. Sometimes take it for granted. Actually, it's pretty nice to be able to just have that as a source of income. And my wife is also an actor, and she usually as long, as long as one of us is is working, then then our family's fine. We have twin boys as well. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, so cute. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's like. Things got a, have gotten a little bit more expensive in the last few years, but thankfully, yeah, we're making it work. I, I also edit and I direct. I'm actually working on uh, developing my first feature film as director. And I've directed 14 short films and which didn't really pay the bills, but, but it's definitely another occupation of mine. Um, and maybe one day that will pay the bills as well. Uh, yeah, my wife also is about to direct her first feature. And so, yeah, just, just try to make it work in, in a few different areas, but, but no, no day jobs right now.
0: That's great. I love that. So what well, now that you're directing, what's like a main thing that you've learned by doing that either like as an actor or as a director or just tell me a bit about the process.
1: Yeah. I, I think the big, one of the biggest things that I learned through directing is it just made me feel less precious about the work as an actor. I, you sort of realize because when you're when you're only acting and doing nothing else you just you feel like everything just revolves around you and like i don't know it's easy to just sort of get really like um how important you are to the production but it's you realize uh, like when you do something else it's like acting is only one small cog in this huge wheel that is uh this production that's happening and uh and yeah. So that's kind of opened my my eyes a little bit. Um, and it's, it's humbled me, I guess, as an actor. Um, it's also being an actor has helped me understand how to talk to actors as a director, but being a director has helped me understand how to sort of really quickly interpret what a director is trying to tell me. Um, and yeah, just sort of understanding again, just that we're, it's just such a collaborative um, endeavor to, to make a, film or, or tv show and uh, everybody's bringing something really valuable to it and editing to be honest that's the, with editing what I've learned is it's okay if uh, it's not perfect with your performance because they can do wonders in post and they can <laughs> so it's like sometimes actors you, you do a take or whatever you and then you're like you beat yourself up over it later he's like oh I could have done that so much better or I shouldn't have said that but then you realize that no but then this is going through a completely whole other filter, which is the editing process, and they can really um, make you look good if you have a good good editor on a show.
0: Did you do casting too?
1: In a way, I mean, yeah. All all of my films that I've directed, I I, I actually have never had a casting director, so I've it, I've been I've just and for the most part, it's been offers. Like there has been an audition process for one or two of them, but. There's such a great talent pool of actors that that I know here in Vancouver that uh, I was able to just call people up and usually people are just excited to be part of a, part of a project. So I've had I've been blessed to be able to work with some really solid performers up here.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. So it seems like you have a really exciting and full life with your twins and your wife and your frequent traveling and all that <laughs> fun stuff. And it seems like you've been able to tie it in with the acting, with, like, traveling, that, like, traveling places to yeah. act and stuff. <laughs> so how do you balance all of that?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, balance is key, I think, um... And I think something like traveling, it just really opens your mind to other cultures and other experiences. And so I, we really try to make an effort to at least go on one trip uh, a year. And sometimes, you're like you say, you're lucky enough to actually get to travel for work, which to me is the ultimate experience. Like, I, that's my favorite thing, to actually get to go somewhere else and, and act. And so you just have to find, carve out time and, and, and really set time aside for each thing and not not get too wrapped up in one thing and, and forget um that you have other things that you really that also require your attention and then just yeah carve out the time and and take a trip maybe maybe you make a make a commitment like i'm if, if you can if you're fortunate enough to like take a trip uh every year or two um even just a small trip even if it's like a little road trip to like a neighboring like state or province maybe that's all it is right but it's just changing up the scenery i think is so crucial i think it adds just a, a, an extra layer of depth to your work, um, and it's just a nice way to live your life. I think if you're lucky enough to get to do it,
0: your kids probably think you and your wife are so cool because <laughs> you're <laughs> like you're just on TV all the time, which is awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean they're still a little young. They're only four. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, they uh, they I don't think they have necessarily they don't really care to be honest right now. <laughs> Um,
0: like just mom and dad yeah
1: <laughs> yeah and to be honest most of the stuff that I do at least uh I wouldn't actually even want them to watch yeah. just because like,
0: hey guys watch an narcos <laughs> yeah no Oh yeah exactly look at daddy
1: being a, a drug lord <laughs> um yeah actually one time I I was I think I did a show called claws and there was a scene where I was kissing um another character and um my son actually saw and this was like two years I think he was two maybe three and like, daddy, why are you kissing that girl? And I was like, oh my God, no, close your eyes. Like it was, it was just, I think a confusing experience for him. So yeah, we're uh, not quite ready to (laughs) introduce them to that yet. But we've actually, actually this year during the pandemic, it was one of the first uh, projects that shot in Vancouver during a pandemic. It was an independent film called Sheltering Season, which, uh, uh, kind of incorporated the concept of pan- the pandemic into the story. And um, and we got to work on it as a family. So my wife and my two kids, uh, which is rare, like they, we haven't done it a lot with them, but my, a friend of ours, Bradley Stryker, was directing it and he asked us to to be a part of it. And it's funny too, because I feel like couples have become kind of like a hot commodity in right now, like couple people who are actors and a couple, because it's just... They're in each other's bubble, so it's just less of a liability to bring on a couple um, for COVID reasons. So it's it's actually opened up a few doors for us in that way. There's been an, one or two projects that have come our way. I think literally just because we're a couple who act like it's, kind of, <laughs> and then we had the kids on top of it, which helped. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know when that one will come out, but um, that one's called Sheltering Season. I'm sure you they'd like my... to
0: see that one. <laughs> like that's yeah. us. Yeah.
1: My kid. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah they've been looking i've seen so many casting calls where they've been like we want pods so like either a whole family or like two people or i've seen a lot for roommates too just Mm. like if you're with someone yeah so interesting yeah so last question what would you have told yourself when you were starting out
1: that's a tough one because i don't think i would want to change anything like i feel like it's uh just keep keep going kid. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I feel like my approach was very kind of intuit, intuitive based on my own instincts. And, uh, uh, yeah, don't just, don't let it break your heart. You know, I guess that's what I'd say. Don't let it break your heart because, um, it, there are times where it can break your heart and, but, but then another project comes along at, or, or another you uncover a new facet about your yourself and what you bring to it. And it's just like it, the beauty of it is that it's constantly changing as, as you are and through your life experiences. And um, so don't ever let it break your heart because um, this is something that can take decades, you know, or li- lifetimes, like it's something, and then that's the beauty of it is like some people start acting when they're in their fifties or sixties even. And it's like, be, we have that luxury to be able to do that. And um, I guess, okay, so I, at first I said I wouldn't tell myself anything, but then I found something. Don't
0: let it break your That <laughs> <laughs> usually happens, yeah. People will be like, I don't know. And then they're like, I know, <laughs> I know exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it. But Th- well, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, yeah, it was really fun chatting with you. So
0: fun, yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to follow the podcast on Instagram at Sage May Speaks and be sure to give a rate on whatever platform you're listening on. Next week, I'll be with Heather Maser.